This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. That was a big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Early 24-23 lead for the Knicks, 114 to go in the first quarter. And I can actually say that. Well, I've never seen that before. Did you see that? Denton, Denton Day in tonight with me. Uh, it actually said 24-23 Knicks, and then TNT flipped the scoreboard. 24-23 Nets <laughs> right now. So what I get for looking at that and not the official NBA feed, I'm going to go to that right now because clearly I can't trust the score bug that, N- that TNT's got going on right now. Yeah, someone's earning their paycheck in the uh, <laughs> truck over there. Uh, all right, Julius Randle's got eight points, three rebounds to start this off. Uh, also, uh, Pacers up 53-46 now on the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, uh, as we said before, right, doing what he does, and it just goes unnoticed at this point. You know what didn't go unnoticed last night, though? Joel Embiid putting up 70. And I would say Carl Anthony Towns putting up 62, but it really was uh, actually kind of overshadowed by one a loss <laughs> and then the 70 points for you know what Joel, Joel Embiid did. Joe Delera jumps on with us now. Uh, I... I don't even know what to say about that. I saw you tweet something last night, too, and it was like, oh, it's a Carl Anthony Towns night. Yeah, that's how I felt because I had the over on Anthony Edwards' points, and he just decided to take one shot in the first half and be a facilitator the entire time. Look, man, I love the NBA as much as as, as anybody. I love betting props, but there are nights where you just look and go, I... You just throw your hands up, right? You just go, I can't, I can't predict something like this. There's just nothing you can do, Joe. Yeah, I was on Ant's points prop as well, so that was a that was a rough one. And then I know like <laughs> oh, around God. like what was it like two in the afternoon or three in the afternoon? I bet it the night before at the open. Three in the afternoon the next day they're like, oh, he's sick, and I was like, oh, geez, like this is gonna be bad. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. you know some of the stuff you really can't you know it's hard to cap, but I guess that's part of why uh, unders can be so valuable as much uh, as as even though they're not as fun, I would say. Are you betting for Embiid to win MVP after last night? Or are you taking your your action elsewhere? Uh, I still, I'm I'm not gonna bet on Embiid. I think that he can miss just too many games, and at that number, I think that you're just buying the peak, right? Um, I think that Shea is still probably the best value on the board, plus three seventy five or so. Um, that team is awesome. He's been dynamite. He doesn't really miss games. Um, I, I think that he's definitely somebody to watch, especially at the number. I think there's a little bit of value there. And then honestly, even Giannis at like 11 to one or 10 to one, right? Uh, new head coach. Uh, maybe this team kind of picks up the defense, gets improves as the season goes on. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of value there for him as well. How are you approaching the Bucks moving forward? Or is it going to be kind of a wait and see given the, uh, the coaching situations up in the air? I mean, I think you have to wait and see like a little bit, right? But I do think that the like the I think the team is going to come together a little bit more. It seems like, you know, based on some of the reporting, you know, Damian Lillard was kind of out on him immediately. And then, you know, Middleton and Brooke Lopez were like, ah, like, you know, like they kind of soured on him like a little bit more recently. And then like it was a Gian- like Giannis liked him. Giannis wanted him to be the head coach. And I, I think the team probably wanted Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, we were all I think a lot of us were surprised that Nick Nurse didn't go and coach the Milwaukee Bucks and he wound up in Philadelphia. So now we're kind of at the situation where maybe the, this new coach can kind of help the team gel together 
you know, fresh blood, fresh eyes. Uh, I, I think the team should be a little bit better because we saw some of the coaching like deficiencies, I think, kind of come up in terms of scheme. Uh, and the team has kind of improved slightly, but there's definitely a lot more room to grow, especially on the defensive side of the ball. How would you uh, encourage betters to to look at their market, whether it be for total wins or for potentially how far they go in the playoffs, based on who they hire? The name right now is Doc Rivers. We know his history in the postseason is not exactly <laughs> the greatest in the world. So, so when do you wait to kind of make a move on that uh, when, before or when the coaching is announced? Uh, I mean... I think at a certain point, you know, it's like that whole thing. What was it with uh, Brad Stevens? And it was like, if I could start any team, like I would start with Brad Stevens instead of LeBron James or like whatever. Like that was like, I, I don't know how much the coach matters like to that degree. Like in terms of like, I think on court every night, they're going to be good. They're like in my title expectations for them are really more or less the same. Um, I do think, you know, if it's Doc Rivers, maybe we can bet on a second round exit. But I do think that uh, with Milwaukee having like a little bit more of a, experienced head coach might help and I think especially with all these veterans having a veteran head coach would really help this team ceiling you can kind of manage some of the personalities a little bit better um, and I think that that's always super important for moving forward in the in the playoffs and in the postseason I wouldn't be surprised though to see maybe a couple guys sit a little bit more often because that is like a little bit of a veteran move to kind of give guys rest days that type of thing so um, that, those are a couple of things that I would look at I still think Milwaukee's really good uh, and I think that they have a lot more potential that they they potentially need to get unlocked so if they hire a good coach like i think doc rivers would be a good coach um i think that could definitely help the team's uh, future prospects or so to speak so i'm looking at the three bets you gave out tonight you're on the Knicks to cover tonight minus four and a half they're down two right now to the nets uh as they start the second quarter a couple of other props you gave out as well tonight you want to go over those with us yeah, for sure. I mean, I like James Harden to go over eight and a half assists. Uh, you can grab some double double as well because I know there's a decent amount of juice in the eight and a half. Uh, he's averaging nine point seven assists per game over his last fifteen games. He's hit this eight and a half line in eleven of fifteen, and he's got ten plus in eight of fifteen. Um, but I think the big thing here for me is with the Lakers, they're missing LeBron James, and I think that you know, missing his size, missing a little bit of like his court IQ uh, is really impactful for their defense. And the team's defense has been 4.7 points better when he's been on the floor. So I think that, you know, Harden can definitely hit this eight and a half line. I don't mind getting a plus number on 10 assists as well, or, you know, or double double. And depending on which book or like, you know, on how you're doing your line shopping, you can sometimes find better value on the double double versus the 10 plus assists. You get an extra out, obviously, if he gets the rebounds there. But I do like Harden to go over this in a matchup against the Lakers who, you know, haven't really been that good this season. Uh, you know, they're kind of like a fringe playoff play-in team at, at this point in time. How much so, do you trust uh, the Clippers? Oh, sorry, but how much do you trust the Clippers no, no, long-term? They've, they've been playing really, really well, but it, it's January, and we kind of know how that team tends to operate as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to the health of Kawhi Leonard and, you know, Paul George and obviously James Harden, too. Um, right now, like, these guys are all playing. They seem healthy. Kawhi, I think, has made some comments about how he feels like the best he's felt in years. Uh, like, if these guys are playing healthy and they're and they're they continue to do this, I think that they're dynamic. They're very good um, in terms of what they can do on offense, what they can do switchability-wise on defense. I, I think they might need to go and try to get a big, 
you know, to kind of contend with, you know, a Jokic or an Embiid or an Anthony Davis. Uh, I think that that would be helpful for them. But I do think that Zubac is good. And I think that, you know, as long as he's healthy going into the postseason, then, you know, the sky's the limit for them. Uh, but it, the, with the Clippers, it all comes down to health. So it's a little bit harder to gauge when their their guys are getting a little bit older, obviously. Uh, and, you know, we haven't seen them be healthy really throughout their entire time on that team. Talking to Joe Delera Bet MGM tonight. So Denton and I earlier in the show were kind of talking about how you approach close to the NBA trade deadline and whether like we obviously yeah. just had Terry Rozier get traded to the Heat and obviously that's that's happened now so you're going to be looking at maybe win totals maybe a game by game situation but there's also the speculative market if people are really maybe feeling uh, frisky do you ever do that look at teams and say okay I know they're going to be active at the deadline and maybe find a way if there is a win total out there that because again not every book has them this time of year but if they do have it maybe you take the over anticipating some trades it's going to make them better because I've never gone on down that road, but I will after a team makes a move at the deadline sometimes instantly get there and like I bet the Lakers last year to make the playoffs right after they made all those trades at the deadline because yeah. I like the trades that they made, but I've never really gone to the point where I've gone kind of speculative and like this team's in a bunch of trade rumors, so I'm going to go take the over. Have you ever done that? Have you would you ever approach it that way? I think uh, I think it's harder to bet on the over, right? Because you're expecting a team mm-hmm. to do better. I think unders are actually probably a better way to go with teams that you think are tanking, uh, because it's just much more likely that they are going to sell a guy off or you know and get something in return. Uh, and even if they don't, like you think that they're bad, so they could still go under anyway. So I think that when you're mm-hmm. doing that, you're you're not like quartering yourself or so to speak so like right now like to talk about say like the Knicks for example um the, everybody's saying like well they kind of could use a backup point guard like are they gonna get Bruce Brown maybe Kyle Lowry now you don't really know who it is and you don't necessarily even know if it's gonna happen um but you do know on the flip side that you know like like the Raptors for example they're probably moving Bruce Brown like that contract should be moved so you know if you think the Raptors aren't gonna get a playable asset back for Bruce Brown but you think that he's gonna go somewhere then maybe that's an opportunity opportunity to bet an under on like the Raptors for example so I think that that is probably the better way to look at the trade deadline instead of speculating and saying like all right I think this team is going to be active I think they're going to make a move I think that it's much more likely and easier to tell like which teams are bad which teams are sellers and then say like all right like I I think that they're going to move somebody and if they make a bigger move like if like the Jazz for example I don't think they would because they've kind of said Laurie Markkinen is just untouchable unless you blow our doors off with an offer but like there's always there's a little bit of like downward mobility there like if there's like a superstar that kind of gets moved or or like a budding star so to speak with the trade line being uh trade deadline being so close it feels like the lakers as they are every time there's a trade deadline they're rumored with every (laughs) big kind of name by the time we get to the deadline which of those big names are playing for the lakers I mean, they they always seem to be in on it. Uh, the, the 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 Dejounte Murray stuff is really interesting. Um, he seems to be somebody that like you know they they definitely want. It, it's just tough. Like them and the Miami Heat are just always the two teams that are like, well, we're interested, we're interested, we're interested. Um, but I I think that you know I think that it seems like the Lakers want to be able to get Dejounte Murray. I think that the market is kind of showing that there isn't like a huge demand for Dejounte Murray. Um, I think the biggest issue for the Lakers is going to be finding 
getting a third team to probably facilitate where D'Angelo Russell goes because that contract's bad. Uh, people do not want him on their team for whatever reason. Um, you know, a lot of it's on court, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the toughest part. So if I had to guess on like a player that maybe gets moved to them, I think DeJounte is definitely a fun one, at least to consider and, you know, how that fit would go with LeBron and AD. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, These teams all want to be in on this, but this is what I call sports radio trades, where everybody <laughs> says, you know, and I, I did a lot of this in D.C. for years with people calling in. They're like, well, you know, if the, the Redskins just went out and traded for this guy, it's like, okay, yeah, but how do you actually make that work? Oh, it's funny, Joe, when you think about it, the heat we always talk about, that like not having assets or the cap space, and they still find ways to make these trades, which just is another example of how well run that organization is. Still got a couple of minutes left here. Are there some other teams that you look at and say they probably will be active at the deadline? Like, I feel like it doesn't feel like the Knicks, my my Knicks, and I know you love, you've got your, the Knicks right atop of that, right yeah. atop that Twitter banner <laughs> with you too. I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're much more, I just feel different about the way this team is specifically like they're very cautious with the moves they're making everything feel, feels very calculated as opposed to we got to go get somebody and we got to do it right now yeah i i mean i think it's smart right and i think that you know like as much as like Stephen a smith wants to just yell into like the abyss right about how the knicks need to do things <laughs> like it's it's just like i think they are actually being run properly right now they're not like making crazy trades they're not trading for guys that they think they can get in free agency and now new york is like potentially a destination for some teams like or for some guys rather right so you know in the buyout market it sounds like kyle lowry probably will get bought out by the charlotte hornets teams he's looking at are like the lakers the Knicks, the Sixers, um, you know, the, amongst the other teams. So, like, those are some of the options for him. Um, but the Knicks are definitely in a situation where they can kind of get some guys in the buyout market. I think some of the teams that I would expect to be extremely active, Milwaukee definitely wants some more perimeter defense. And I think that Philadelphia needs to get another guy. Like, they need another facilitator to some degree. I don't know if that's like a Brogdon. I don't know if that's a Lowry. Um, but I think they need somebody else because the minutes where Maxi and Embiid, like, aren't on the court can kind of get bogged down a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see either of them making a move. I think that Miles Bridges is probably another guy who does get moved at the deadline. It sounds like, you know, they kind of, Charlie kind of bolstered his stock up, but it does seem like they're in a position where they want to kind of move on from people trying to get some assets so maybe he's somebody that i would look for uh he could fit on a lot of different teams obviously comes with some significant baggage uh with the you know with the criminal stuff that he just had to go through but um you know obviously well deserved but you know he's a guy that i think people will be looking at in the market even with that baggage you know if you are trying to make a title push uh real quickly here we got about 60 seconds any, any chance on chris paul getting moved from golden state mm -hmm. I mean, I think that it's definitely something that could happen, right? Like, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how much pressure uh, Steph Curry puts on management and saying, like, hey, I, like, I, I, like, let's see how many years I got left, you know, that are, I can perform at this high of a level. What are we doing? We need to figure this out. We're 18 and 22. Like, we got to do something. And Chris Paul, obviously, you know, it, I think it kind of works a little bit, but it's not like a perfect fit for them. And it's a movable contract. So I definitely could see him being moved. I would say it's, you know, maybe 50% that he gets moved at the, by at or by the deadline. Warriors team, they need a lot of help. <laughs> that window is just closing yeah. fast. Joe Delera, Action Network, Cash That Podcast. Great to talk to you again, man. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. See ya.
It's just crazy to think of if Chris Paul got traded again. again. Have you seen the State Farm commercial? He's back in him again. No, when they I talk haven't. about moving, and he's like, moving's not so bad. You can see all these great places. And he starts throwing this couple that just moved into their house all of his jerseys. Except, you know what jersey he didn't have? The Warriors. The Wizards. Oh, what? He was a part of the team, he's damn it. He's a Wizards legend. He yeah. never wore a jersey, but he was at least part of the team in one way or another. It counts. You're on the roster. That's what I say. It counts. Uh, Texas up 44 30. On Oklahoma right now. Got a Wisconsin 43-40 lead over Minnesota. 13-28 to go in the second half. It's BetMGM tonight.